Blog Talk Radio. podcast that we recorded on Monday, so we decided to do it again. So welcome to Bless You Boys podcast number 97. Again, this is our winter meetings recap day two, and we actually have lots of Tigers news to talk about as we were kind of treading water yesterday as the Tigers weren't doing anything. Well, they did lots this morning as we were recording this uh, Tuesday afternoon on, uh, on December 10th. So with that, let's get the introductions out of the way, and then we'll get on to the, well, uh, the big news. And first off, we have our good friend Hookslide, who, uh, uh, well, it's it's been crazy on uh, with the Tiger fans today because they are all up in arms over. The, some are happy, some are sad, some are confused, aren't they? It sure appears that way. But I'm buried under about six feet of snow right now, so I can't really pay attention. You know, that's just a dusting where Menchin is. Kurt. <laughs> Isn't that right, Kurt? <laughs> Still only got like three inches here. Are you serious? It's been snowing to the western UP, it's been snowing to the eastern UP, and it's sunny over Marquette, just like always. Indeed. So, of course, that is uh, a co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, a columnist for the Detroit News, and a high mucky muck with SB Nation, Kurt Menching. And, of course, I'm Al Beaton, uh, the other co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, and who got to write the also exciting post about Roger Davis joining the Tigers today. So, uh, there were going to be some rumors about Davis, but turns out they became news as the Tigers signed Davis uh, to be their a platoon partner for Andy Dirks, 33-year-old outfielder, inked a two-year deal this morning. Hasn't been confirmed by the Tigers, but from all accounts, this is a done deal. Uh, reports are it's going to be worth $10 million. Uh, not sure of the breakdown by year, but two years for $10 million for a guy who's going to play pretty much get at least 100 games in. I'll, I'll take that. He's been a pretty much a part-time player for the more, majority of his eight-year career. Uh, but the speedy Davis, he's very speedy, is a career 268, uh, 316, 377 hitter. But, and his uh, 2013 stats are almost identical. He hit 260, you know, uh, got on base at a 312 rate and hit, Slug 375. They also added six home runs, 24 RBIs, and 45 stolen bases. I believe he's only caught six times last year. But that's not why he was signed. The reason he was signed are his splits against left-hand pitching, in that Davis looks like a perfect uh, companion to Dirks because he's a career 294 hitter against left-hand pitching. He gets on base at over a 350 clip and slugs 425. Uh, he even exceeded those career numbers this year, this past year with the Blue Jays, hitting 319 against left-handed pitching and getting on base at a 383 clip, plus add in those stolen bases. And the Tigers look like they have signed a weapon if they had used him correctly. Kurt, the fan base seems to be of mixed opinion of this. 
There are still some saying they really wanted an impact left fielder, which means Sin Shu Chu. It looks like the Tigers said he's just too rich for our blood. So they went the other direction and decided to look for a value, a, a, a player who could add value at a lower price. And it really looks like if you look at the numbers and if he's used correctly, Davis should produce quite well for the Tigers. Well, first off, I apologize if Don there is podcasting with us. I think he mm-hmm. saw somebody walk down the street. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, and, and I, I think I, I wrote something about this in today's Detroit News even, uh, well, yeah, on Sunday, of course, that I thought the better move, rather than going out and spending a, spending a fortune for two, I thought the better move was getting a, you know, a platoon partner for Andy Dirks because Dirks is not as bad as people thought. A year ago, they thought he could do no wrong. This year, they thought he could do no right. And, of course, we learned he had an injury he was battling through. But uh, adding a platoon partner who, you know, like you said, gets on base against left-handed pitching and on top of it brings a, a component to the game the Tigers did not have last year, speed, uh, in, into the into the team, it, it works. There, there's no mm-hmm. reason that people should be getting upset over this. Now, uh, when you say $10 million in, in, over two years, that, that kind of sounds like a lot. It's probably not, but it, 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 it sounds like a lot. But uh, I, I certainly think that uh, they've totally redone from last year to this year uh, all of the weak spots. You know, they couldn't mm-hmm. field, now they can field. They couldn't run, now they can run. And will it work? That's what we'll have to see. Yeah, uh, Hookslide, what's your take on this? Do you think uh, uh, Davis is a fit? And as Kurt says, do you think this is going to work? Oh, the first question I think we have to address is, is he going to hit dingers? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's that's one. question. That's one right there. Dingers, dingers, and dingers. Uh, you know, looking at his, his career numbers, he's slightly worse than Andy Dirks in just about every category. So I think, as you said, the trick is going to be, using him correctly. You want to push that needle a little more towards those left-handed splits and you know use him in those situations. Otherwise it's you know it may not be a you know a great return. All right guys, we actually have a caller so I'm not even going to screen it. Let's just bring him on. He's from uh, the 612 area code. So let's give it a shot. Caller. Hey, boys, this is John Urkula. How are you doing? Oh, hey, it's John. Holy crap. It's the Uber. <laughs> Wee. Otherwise I, uh, I wanted to see how this another system Uber. What's that? I just wanted to see how the system worked. Well, it works. Do you have any questions for, for the experts I have online with us here? Well, you know, I was just interesting uh, to hear the feedback today uh, about the move. I'm kind of, boy, I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I mean, I see all the good reasons behind it, but I just think they've missed two two opportunities uh, to fill a spot on the field. I mean, I was a big proponent of signing Shin Chu. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they're completely out of it. I think they have the money. I think they're making, um, you know, they're making a choice of fiscal responsibility, I suppose, but that's a choice, not a necessity. I, I think with all the money in the game right now, they could afford this move, and I think if there's problems down the road, they deal with it then, like they've dealt with Prince Fielder. You know, um, I don't think that, uh, you know, you can project so many years down the line uh, how that money is going to shake out, because we don't know where Scherzer is going to stay. We don't know if Cabrera is going to stay. So they say, oh, we're not going to spend money now. I don't see that with the, with the way the game is just soaked in cash. Um, the other thing, then, is if you're not going to sign you and you're going to do a platoon, I totally get that. Uh, but this team is almost to the point of after Miguel Cabrera, they're bereft of power. I mean, I, who would you put money on right now? If you had to bet 500 bucks of your own money, 
who would hit 20 or more home runs? Not that home runs is everything, but there's just not a lot of power. So I would have been more along the lines of a Mike Morse, even though he came off a terrible mm-hmm. year. He's the kind of guy who, if he gets together, he could knock you 20, 25 home runs in part-time duty, or at least three-quarter time duty or whatever he ends up playing. Rajai Davis is a nice player. He's got the great platoon splits. But I just don't – I don't think he moves the needle. I really don't. Well, guys, John brings up some – yeah, John brings up some good points, guys, and specifically about the power that's missing on this team now. Uh, I'm with him in that. If you ask me, that's a concern because once you get past Cabrera, you're going to be stretching for guys that can hit more than 15 home runs. So, uh, Kurt, any any reply to that? Well, you know, there's more than one way to score a run, and and that's what the Tigers have uh, have done. You know, before you had the hope for the home run – and when we didn't see it, we would see those games where they got shut out or or, or they scored one run and, and got lost. And, and it would be frustrating. And you go, why can't they execute? Why can't they go from first to third? Why can't they get a hit when they need one? It was because you had these guys who could either do it all or, or strike out or fly out. I, I think, you know, yeah, we're not going to see that instant power quite so much. And let's face it, Prince Fielder really fell flat on his face compared to what his expectations were. So he wasn't bringing as much instant power as you would hope. But uh, being able to execute better, get around the bases, get on the base, uh, I think, yeah, we're going to see a little drop-off in runs. I I, I, I guarantee it. But uh, I don't think we're going to see uh, anything as dramatic as maybe some people on Twitter have uh, have thought. Uh, Hooksley, let me ask you about John's comment about maybe the Tigers are picking the wrong time to start watching their their finances so closely in that, well, there's record money coming into uh, baseball right now. I mean, I mean, just look at the money the Mariners are spending. There's $2 billion coming in from a new baseball, uh, a contract baseball has with uh, the network. So uh, I, can, I can understand the argument that some fans are going to have is that uh, uh, baseball is making money hand over fist. Uh, why can't the Tigers maybe suck it up a little bit and drop a $15, $20 million contract? Because, well, in the end, they could probably afford it. Yeah, they probably could. Um, but I, I think this might be more about a philosophical change, uh, just kind of watching the way these moves are being made. You could, it, you could say that it's all about the money, but it, it's definitely just, – I'm just thinking of the, of the moves that they're making and saying it seems to be trending in a different direction, deliberately trying to change the, uh, if you will, the physical composition of this team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that you know even if they had an a unlimited you know bankroll, I'm not sure that things would change necessarily you know a whole lot different from what they are right now. Uh, hey John, you want to hang around and uh, answer some of these questions with us? Yeah, I got some time. All right, wonderful. So we'll we'll continue the conversation. So uh, Andy Dirks, Kurt, uh, it really looks like the Tigers are banking on a bounce-back season from Dirks, and it looks like a lot of that confidence has to do with, it turns out, he was kind of quiet about a knee injury he suffered in spring training and looked like he uh, played through it the entire season, according to uh, what Dave DeBrowski said to the media last year, so, I mean, last night. So, is this, uh, uh, you think this is a little too much to ask for, that Andy Dirks is going to play more like the Andy Dirks of 2012 to 2013? He's not going to play like either. That, that's that's the big thing. And Andy Dirks in 2012, was, you know, his OPS was through the roof uh, compared to compared to where it should have been. Uh, it, he 
I, I don't know how we did it, I, it, but it happens. You know, that's why we like to talk about big sample sizes, and you don't like to put much on small sample sizes. He only played about half a season, and, and he was getting lucky. So uh, it wasn't going to be like 2012 and 2013. Now, 2013, you, you look at the injury, you look at some other things, you know, you go, well, maybe this explains why his batting average in balls and play was so low, you know, compared to his career numbers. Uh you know, some of it, maybe he was getting unlucky, and some of it, may, maybe the knee was uh, costing him uh, some ability or his ability to get on first or or, or whatever, you know. Uh, he was still hitting line drives. He had a higher line drive rate in 2013 than 2012. That should indicate good things. It, you know, line drive rate is, is a big driver here, and, and that was a good, steady, nice place. And you, you would expect... Uh, Andy Dirks is going to bounce back. Not 2012 bounce back, but he, he's going to he's going to be closer to 2012 than uh, 2013, I believe, or at least maybe not closer, but maybe you know somewhere in the middle. It's going to be an acceptable season for a left fielder who was a Gold Glove finalist. Uh, John, are you buying into the Andy Dirks love from the Tigers? Well, I like Andy Dirks. I always have. Um, you know, coming up through the system, I think what was like an eighth round draft pick. I think that's you know, you can't ask much more uh, from an eighth-round pick than that. Uh, I think the knee definitely affected him. I think that, you know, it was pretty obvious from the beginning. And obviously, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't say much about it during the season. But, I mean, that's – it's very easy to buy into that being a reason he was down last year. So, I think we'll see a better Andy Dirks. And I think that, you know, if they do go with a strict platoon uh, and, you know, he doesn't see a whole lot of left-hand pitching, there's no reason why he can't be, a, you know, a pretty productive player. Uh, but again, is he someone who's going to really move the needle for the team, or is he better off in a fourth outfielder role? My suspicion is he's more of a fourth outfielder than a strong side of a platoon. But but I like him. I think he's a good ball player. I mean, you can you can win with Andy Dirks. Yeah, and I guess that's the concern is that you bring it up as a strict platoon. I hope that's what what we see because we would hear that from Jim Leland all the time, and next thing you know, you'd see Don Kelly playing way too much. So. Uh, that's uh, if if this, this is handled correctly, I I really hope that uh, they can get really uh, production maybe close to what Tory Hunter provided out of right field last year. You know, around an 800 OPS and uh, you know about a, a 340 350 on base percentage. That would be awesome. That'd be great production out of left field. Uh, Hookside for all the people who are worried about uh, the Tigers' power. Uh, we just had an interesting tweet uh, that showed up. Uh, who's from a listener of the podcast, I believe it's the Jada Man Selden, who mentioned only two members of last year's Red Sox team hit more than 20 home runs. So I guess, as Kurt says, there's more ways to win uh, than just hitting the ball out of the park. I guess the worry is is that uh, this is, I think, all new territory for us fans. We're not, I don't think we're going to be used to seeing a team that, I hate to use the term manufacture runs, but the Tigers are maybe going to be manufacturing runs instead of hitting three-run diggers. It's he said dingers. <laughs> oh, I said it. Okay, that is a great point about the Red Sox uh, because if I'm not mistaken, didn't they they let all of baseball and run differential last year? I, yeah. I want to say they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so obviously they weren't getting it from you know a lineup stacked with the uh, guys who hit dingers, 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 <laughs> um, and so they were still scoring runs. Uh, I, I think. You know, exactly to Kurt's point, there's, there's more than one way to approach this, and having some people like Davis you know, and others that, that are you know, going to be a little bit faster, that will be able to score from second on a routine single, that are going to be able to go first to third, that are going to be able to turn a, a walk and a single into a double you know, by stealing. Uh, you know, yes, manufacturing runs, I guess, but let's, let's take another look at this, though. 
it's not like they are completely devoid of power mm-hmm. right now. Even aside from Cabrera, who's obviously going to be the big, uh, you know, the big machine there, you've still got um, guys like Victor Martinez, Torrey Hunter, and uh, even Ian Kinsler. All three of these guys have shown throughout their careers that they're capable of hitting 15-plus, even 20-plus home runs in a year. Not that they're all going to do that this year, but the capability is there. So it's it's not like you know we have a whole team fielded of uh, you know an Iglesias type who's just not going to hit the the big the big hits. Yeah, let's hold off on the doom uh, from we're getting from some of the fan bases. As as you if you looked at the comment thread of the in the Davis article we posted this morning, uh, there's a raging argument between those who. Uh, are scared, I guess the best way to put it, that the Tigers are, are, aren't going to score any runs anymore because they they lost – well, they did lose some very productive hitters in Prince Fielder, Johnny Peralta, and Omar Infante. So, But, again, the biggest amount of that production is obviously going to be Prince Fielder. And, well, they're going to have to actually – Kurt, let me ask you this. For all the people worried about offense, the Tigers look like they're going to be a vastly better defensive team. Uh do you think that may help <laughs> that we're not going to see so many 10-9 games and maybe we'll see more 3-2 games? Oh, that yeah, that, that's definitely going to help. It's one of the most exciting developments for me. You, you get rid of Prince Fielder, who was really bad at first. You get rid of Miguel Cabrera, who statistically was really bad at third. Johnny Peralta, we all know, was a statue at shortstop. And then Infante, typically above average at, at second base, but last year statistically he, he was below average at now we got Kinsler above average at second base. We got shortstop Jose Iglesias, who is like, a, you know, a god of shortstop already. It's so fun to watch. We we don't know what we're going to get on Nick Castellanos, but I think it's pretty safe to say Nick Castellanos is going to be an upgrade over uh, Cabrera. That that would be hard not to do. And of course, Cabrera is an upgrade over Prince Fielder, even if he's below average. But the, the the point is, it's going to be an above-average infield. How much above-average remains to be seen. Uh, but it's going to go from one of the worst infields in baseball to average to slightly above-average. And that's going to help the pitching. That's going to decrease runs allowed. Uh, the outfield, again, you know, looked look pretty solid last year, and it will be, again, solid this year. So, overall, we're probably going to see a slightly above-average, you know, in that worst-average uh, fielding team. And, and that's going to help the pitching, and that's going to cut down runs. They're going, to, they're going to score fewer runs, I think, but they're going to give up fewer runs. How the run differential shakes out in the end, who knows? But it, it's going to be a team that definitely plays lower-scoring games. Yeah. And, John, when looking at all these moves put together, it really looks like there's two wild cards with the Tigers right now that could make a big difference in how this offense looks. Kurt brought up one in Nick Castellanos, and I think the other is going to be Alex Avila because if he can produce like he did in the second half and they can keep him healthy – a lot of that production that they are missing from Prince Fielder can be found there, I think. Yeah. Um, Alex Avila, you know, if you think back to 2011 and what kind of bat he was, you know, if he has a healthy year, can he kind of get back headed in that direction? He may never, that may, be, that may end up being his career year. I mean, no oh, problem. yeah. That was, mm-hmm. that was a heck of a season. He may never do that again, but if he can at least move the needle back in that direction a little, uh, that'll be a big plus. I mean, if he can hit 15 home runs and draw a bunch of walks, uh, you know, he's going to be productive in that offense, uh, especially if um, they do end up moving Austin Jackson back in the lineup and maybe he's batting in front of Avila. Uh, there should be some runs to drive in there. Uh, you know, depending what they're going to do with the batting order, who's going to lead off. I think that's going to be a really interesting question is mm-hmm. what they do up near the top of the order. I mean, are they going to move Hunter back? Or are they going to keep him in the two-hole? Uh, are they going to lead off with Kinsler? Uh, and, you know, because... 
I think there's going to be a lot of flux. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see uh, what kind of on-base percentages they can get out of the one and two hole uh, this year in front of Cabrera. And that's why I really wanted you. I wanted that 400 on-base percentage really badly. Uh, so, you know, I'm not forecasting doom. I still think the Tigers are the best club in the division. They should score enough runs to win, uh, you know. But let's face it, uh, you know, you can say, yeah, the defense is going to help, and I agree. But that's if that starting rotation stays healthy, and that's always the big thing. Pitcher break, we all know that. You know, and mm-hmm. now they're down one, they're down one man. They have five really good starters. Uh, you know, if you pick off one or two, you know, where are we? I don't know. Uh, I guess every every club can say that. I, I get that. But uh, when it's come, when in doubt, I would always go for on base percentage and power. You know, those yeah. are the, those are the two things to me. Uh, I think they've taken some step backs, uh, steps back there, and uh, uh, so I have some, you know. Some trepidation about it. Uh, again, not doom and gloom. They, I, you know, if I was predicting today, I would still have them around 90 wins and winning the division. So there you go. I think that's a good way to put it. I think we're all we have there's some trepidation here as because the Tigers have really changed their philosophy. So you know, almost a complete 180 compared to what they've been. But this is still a good team, maybe a great team, and they are still the class of the division. But uh, hook slide. John makes up a great point in that there may be some changes at the top of the lineup. Would you be in favor of possibly moving Austin Jackson further down in the lineup and maybe putting his uh, – He's got a, when he's on, he has a productive bat. Maybe he would be more effective hitting um, seventh or eighth? That, that's really hard to say because, uh, you know, he batted leadoff for the whole season and then even before that. But mm-hmm. the most recent memory, of course, is the playoffs yes. you know, where he was just not getting it done at the top of the order. Of course, then again, nobody really was uh, in terms of, you know, just offense in general. And not just the Tigers, but all of the teams involved in the playoffs. You know, the batting averages went way down. But that is the most recent memory. You know, Austin Jackson can't hit leadoff, and he does better when we move him down in the lineup. So I can see where, where you know, some of that thought is coming from. But I still remember the way he was hitting in uh, uh, right before his injury and then especially right after in June at the top of the order, how mm-hmm. he was just consistently getting on base, smacking the ball, so I, I kind of know. I guess uh, I don't know enough about you know Ian Kinsler. Haven't watched him enough to say yeah he'd be an obvious you know replacement for Jackson, or whether Jackson should hold that spot. But I, I'm not in a huge rush to you know get Jackson off the off the leadoff spot. All right. Uh, before we uh, start getting into the questions from the Twitterati, and we have quite a few. Plus, we want to get to a couple we missed yesterday. Uh, let me ask you guys this before we uh, get to those. Ken Rosenthal last night on MLB Network, the little tiny guy in the bow tie who actually is now getting scooped by our, our friend at SB Nation, Chris. Uh, what's his name again? Chris Kurt? Uh, Chris uh, Cotillo? Yep. Yes. Oh, Chris Cotillo. It rhymes with pillow. He, he exactly. Quicker, so. And uh, last night, the little guy said uh, he has the Tigers third on his list of five teams who, quote unquote, are losing the offseason because here's the other quote. Everyone hates the Doug Fister deal. Uh, so, well, Kurt, I'll start with you on this. Are the Tigers losing the offseason? Well, they're not winning it. <laughs> I, I mean, I look. I, I, I've, I've tried to look at the dog fisted deal from, from what I believe would be Dave Dombrowski's perspective, and if I found reason to say, you know, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but it's not like I'm a big fan of it either. John, how about you? Are, are the Tigers losing this offseason? Well. You know, if their goal is to clear payroll, they're winning. <laughs> they've, done they've, done they've done a fair amount. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I thought they would get at least one 
premium young player for Doug Fister. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, and maybe Robbie Ray is that guy. I mean, this is one where, you know, you have to say, you have to at least believe that Dombrowski's minions, his scouts, really like Robbie Ray and thought that this was the right return. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, heck, I don't know. I've never seen Robbie Ray pitch. Uh, so you can only kind of trust in that and we'll know a couple of years down the line if they, if they took a real paltry return or if they knew what they were doing. Uh, there's really no way to answer it. Uh, certainly, you know, when I first got the news from Chris Cotillo that night that Fister was heading to Washington, but there was no word on what was coming to Detroit, mm-hmm. I had a lot of really happy thoughts in my head. Hey, we're going to get some good. <laughs> I yeah. was thinking Anthony Rendon or something, you know, pretty solid. And it was pretty deflating, I'll be honest. And it's still a little bit deflating. And, and you, you know, I'll be honest, you know, they could have easily, I heard this on a different podcast yesterday, it was a good point. They could have just put Duck Fister in the ninth inning and they would have saved $2 million bucks and not signed Jordan Athan. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, it was a bit of a head-scratcher. I gotta, you know, I'll, I'll say that much. All right, John, your turn. Are the Tigers losing the offseason? Uh, John, I mean, sorry, hook slide. Are the Tigers losing the offseason? No, the season is uh, its not over yet. Yeah, uh, I fall on that. It's not I'm, over yet. Yeah, it sounds like and, incomplete would be your answer. It's incomplete, and this this swings on one big question for me, the uh, and that's the question of the bullpen. If they can shore that up and make a really good move there, then I say it's a winning off season because I I mean I'm not as pessimistic about their ability to you know score runs and uh, you know like, as we've said the the defensive um, you know strength has gone up. So. The only the only um, area I think that that you know is is that they're lacking still is in the bullpen, not in the closer role, obviously, but they need some solid setup. And you know I think if they can bring somebody in there, maybe it's you know Benoit. I don't know, but if they can get a solid arm in the in the in the setup role, um, yeah, I think it's a winning off season. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to be answered yet, and I think a lot of it does have to do with as Hookside brought up the bullpen because uh, right now that's still in flux. And if the Tigers are going to spend money at this point, it's going to be there. It's just a matter of who that is. And well, we'll kind of get to that as we start ask, answering some of the questions from uh, from Twitter. So why don't we get to that? So uh, first off, guys, well, it's kind of this is from yesterday from uh, Corey Wolfgang, and it's kind of a fitting question that even though they asked it yesterday, it, it works today. Uh, I'll start with you, Kurt. Do you think the Tigers are the best team in the AL Central as it is today? And what pieces do you think the Tigers still need to get? Yeah, they're still the best. I, I you know, I, I don't see anyone else who, who's going to be close. You know, I think the Indians are worse, and the, the Royals are better. But uh, I, I think the Tigers are still going to win by a couple of games. If if the season started today, what happens from, you know, in March, things can change by then. Uh what was the other question? Uh, what pieces do they still need? Bullpen, 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 bullpen. You forgot bullpen. Oh, sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. All right. Uh, I'll kind of since so we can keep things moving. I'll, I'll just kind of throw the questions around here. So, uh, next question is from uh, Jonathan Selden. That's again Jay the Man Selden, uh, who asked if, if and this we kind of touched on this topic yesterday in regard to Marvin Miller. And Hoekslade, I'll give this one to you because I know you had a, a, quite the opinion on that. So if the Veterans Committee can't put Marvin Miller in the Hall of Fame, what hope do we have of seeing Alan Trammell in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I, I don't remember expressing an opinion about that. You may, you well, about Marvin confused. Miller we did, and we, we well, were yeah. bitching about that. 
Uh, well, I didn't see why why they would. I was more curious about who would be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, against him right now at this point in history. Who's yeah. who's even left that that would be trying to blackball him? But uh, you know, Marvin Miller versus Alan Trammell. It's it's two different. Uh, it's, it's apples and oranges. So I, I don't really see that there's going to be any um, necessarily. There's no correlation there. Yeah, it's. Uh, but uh, well, let me ask you this: uh, Do you think the Veterans Committee will put Trammell in? Because it's, it's obvious the BBWAA is not going to put him in. Well, let's let's not give up hope yet. But yeah, if they, if they don't put him in, in the Veterans Committee, yeah, I think they will. Yeah. I do. I've put it, if they put in Bill freaking Mazeroski, Alan Trammell should be. <laughs> he should get a damn key to the door and just walk right in. It, it's exactly. A, you know. So. All well, right. Yeah. Let's not get. I'm sorry, go ahead. Or maybe we as Tiger fans have just overrated Trammell all these years. You never know. Maybe never. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> never. Don't get me going on that, uh, or, or, or I'll keep Kurt from getting on to his, uh, getting to his other gig on time. So, All right, next question. Uh, John, I'll give you this one. This is again from Jonathan. He asks, does it seem like every move made this offseason has been predicated on appeasing the M Live section, the M Live section of the fan base? <laughs> appeasing or enraging at times. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, like I wrote that, you know, a few couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, I called the win lose a draw. You know, I mm-hmm. I thought the fielder move was a win. I thought, you know, uh, obviously the Rangers are getting a good guy uh, in fielder, and I think he's still had a couple decent years, but. I see why the Tigers did that move. I mean, they saved a lot of cash, and I think they got themselves up from under a contract that, you know, could get ugly down the road. But there's also is the M Live section. I mean, if people want to feel they're gone, so if they get any, you know, PR bump out of that, great. But I, that to me was a minor thing. Um, you know, the other moves. Obviously, everybody wanted the uh, coveted proven closer. You know, I almost threw up a little bit when I used that phrase, but I just did. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, but uh, you know, I think they, you know. The ninth inning was not the big problem last year. Uh, they figured out the ninth eventually. Uh, but I think Nathan is the first step in building a bullpen. And I think, you know, the, the, the fan base at MLive and other places, uh, as they see one more move come in the bullpen, I think they'll start feeling pretty good about that, you know, with, yeah. with Nathan and one more arm. Uh, so I do. I agree with Kurt. I think we'll see somebody, uh, whether it's may hopefully in a perfect world, it's Joaquin Benoit, can't score a closer gig somewhere, uh, and he looks back at Detroit uh, as a landing spot. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in John Axford as well. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, a real uh, high-velocity arm, a uh, guy who can miss some bats. I think he would be a nice fit in the seventh or eighth inning too. Well, yeah, you just answered partially uh, some of the, que- uh, the part of the question from Robert Tomlinson, who wanted to know what relievers did we want to see the Tigers go after. So, uh, Kurt, any, is there anyone else you'd like to see, or uh, for that matter, is there any a chance of possibly Jose Veras coming back? Well, really, it depends on the contract. I feel like the Tigers didn't accept the option because they thought he would cost less, uh, you know, as a free agent. So uh, if they're writing that calculation, he could be back. Uh, and, and like John said, I'd love to see Joaquin Benoit come back in the setup role uh, because I, I like Bruce Rondon. I like Al Albuquerque. I think the Tigers could have a really good bullpen if those guys are consistent and healthy, but you cannot count on either of them. So, you know, I, I feel like you got to have uh, more more arms in there as insurance because you got some good arms, but you, you just don't know if they're going to, you know, if they're going to need surgery by the end of the year. Yeah, it's a uh, uh... – well, the, uh, Dave Dabrowski, uh, uh, let me just follow up on this, Kurt. Dave Dabrowski said, uh, implied yesterday that 
the Tigers really weren't enthused by what was out there, and they may be willing to wait out the market and uh, wait for the, so some of the closers who may be uh, out there who are going to give up being closers and may be available to set up uh, uh, Nathan. So do you think there's a possibility there that the Tigers may not make any bullpen moves till say, January? That's a good time to get a bullpen is in January. There's no... In, uh, other than your proven closer, sorry, John, I, I, I don't I don't think you really have to worry much about about you, you know January's fine. It, it's a good time to get your guys. All right, uh, we have a question from uh, uh, I think we know who this guy is. Byb Rob on Twitter, and uh, and John, I mean uh, Hooks, I'll ask you this one: Why do people want to move Miggy down the lineup? <laughs> Well, Rob, he's upset right now. <laughs> he's not happy. He's not a happy guy. I would say that uh, I, I'm not those people, so I, it's really hard for me to get inside their heads. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, how far down the lineup are we talking about moving him into the cleanup spot, or you know, like? Well, let me six? ask you this. Let's get on a little more serious take. Uh, would you rather see Cabrera batting third or fourth? I don't see any reason to move him from from where he's at. Hmm. So. Uh, 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 so you think uh, Victor Martinez will be the cleanup man next year? I think he should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that seems to make the most sense to me. But yeah, I think he will. All right, uh, John. Here's one for you from BYB Rob. Are we going to lose a hundred games this year? Now that our roster is awful. Well, <laughs> let's see. If how many playoff games could you lose and still win the World Series? Um, ah. No, probably not. <laughs> no, hey, you know, I, long, here's the thing. Whether you win the off season or you lose the off season, plenty of teams have won the off season and went nowhere. Uh, but here's the, you know, in April, Detroit's going to line them up and they're going to have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and uh, Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez and probably Austin Jackson. You're going to win ball games, and you know, uh, yeah, we can quibble. And not like a signing, you know, or be kind of, uh, you know, 50-50 like on a Rajay Davis signing. But that's the small stuff. The Tigers have a lot of the big stuff in place. Uh, and, you know, they'll, they'll line them up next April. And if things aren't going right in May or June, you can count on Dombrowski to make some moves and make something happen. So, you know, I'm not 100% on board with a couple of the moves this year, but uh, not sweating it too hard either. Yeah, and uh, you make a great point because who won the uh, off season last year? That's Toronto Blue Jays, and we saw how their <laughs> season went. So, all right, uh, we have a couple questions from Corey Wolfgang again. So, uh, Kurt, this one's for you. Uh, do you think this team the Tigers have assembled is better for Comerica Park? Uh, he seems to believe that Comerica Park is not friendly to a power lineup, but uh, as Hookside and I were discussing before the podcast, realistically, Comerica Park's a hitter's park nowadays. Yeah, Comerica Park is is a hitter's park, but uh, it, it wasn't uh, a left-handed power hitter's park, which yeah. was which was Prince Fielder's problem and and, and Curtis Granderson's before. I mean, it wasn't. It's it's not a park for left-handed power hitters. So, uh, I I feel like you know, accepting that Prince was maybe never going to turn out like they hoped be, because of that, uh, I, I think uh the changes might help and i mean we've 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 seen kinsler as the guy who can put down uh you know put down doubles and triples he, he did in texas and if he can find the you know find the power alleys in detroit uh, it'll pay off all right uh uh Puck Slater, i have a question for you from uh a youper ia <laughs> oh not that guy don't yeah, read his yeah. questions that guy's a club 
Do you agree that John, uh, Erica's insights are uh, nearly indispensable? Hmm. <laughs> well, um, I I don't really know how to answer that. Like so I'm. Yeah, well, I'm come on, be ask, honest. Br- brutal honesty. Brutal honesty. Let, let me let me get in touch with my friend uh, Uper IA on Twitter and ask him what he thinks about that. And um, he's a jerk. That guy is a total total jerk. And let's see, let's see if we can get Al to figure out how to pronounce the Finnish name. I can't. Yeah, you butchered well. that one, man. You butchered it. Well, you pronounce it. You're Uper. Urkula. 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 Gesundheit. Or uh, excuse you, but uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, John, here's one for you from Todd Drenth. Um, expectations defensively for Nick Castellanos at third base, and is there any kind of backup plan for uh, if the experiment fails? Well. Yeah, that's the. I think defensively he's gonna be fine. Uh, I don't have a big problem there. He, he grew up as an infielder. Uh, he played some infield in the minors. Uh, I've seen, you know, you see all kinds of different reports, but I never saw one that said he was going to be an egregious third baseman. They didn't move him off of third because he couldn't play it. I mean, they moved him off because they thought Cabrera was going to be there. So uh, I feel that with an off season of work, he'll be fine. I, I, I don't have a, too many trepidations there. The big thing there is, you know, is his back going to play and is he ready to hit uh, this year? So mm-hmm. what's the backup plan? Uh, is it Lombardozzi? Maybe. Uh, but really, I think that they're going to give him, I would hope, a good solid two or 300 at best before they really say, hey, this ain't working, you know, and, yeah. and go another way. And then at that point, it's midsummer and you can, you know, there's always going to be somebody like a Wilson Betemy laying around, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily him, but somebody like that, that they can come in and they can patch it the rest of the year. Uh, so I think they'll be okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's time. It's time to find out if Nick Castellanos can play. So let's get him out there, give him half a season or more. And if he can even, you know, it, you don't need to be a great offensive player at third base. You need to be a, just a decent one. And if he can give them, you know, a, a 330 on base percentage and hit double digit home runs. I'll, I'll be happy for his rookie year. All right. One I would more agree. Thing we, uh, yeah, exactly. So, Kurt, let me bring this up to you before we start wrapping up because no one asked this question, but we should bring it up. Is that uh, Dave Dabrowski yesterday announced that Casey Crosby, who was once the Tigers' top starting prospect, starting pitching prospect, will be moved to the bullpen. Uh, he's 25 years old and really has never lived up to the hype after his breakout year in uh, 2009 at single A. I believe he had an, uh, a, a ERA in a low twos and won 10 games. And he's, his ERA has been over four. He had a cup of coffee with the Tigers in 2012 and sucked. Uh, so uh, Crosby to the bullpen, uh, obviously, it's, Kurt, it makes sense. And it's, it also seems like this is their last chance to salvage a prospect. Yeah, you know, two things come to mind. First off, uh, you know, when people people disapprove of the Fister trade because the Tigers didn't get enough, they they they, they disapprove because the Tigers didn't get people who were ranked high by the prospect watchers. We see a guy like uh, Casey Crosby, who everyone mm-hmm. was gaga over, yeah. uh, not turn out. So, I mean, it, this is a sign that maybe we shouldn't take our prospect rankings quite so seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've seen many pitchers who were you know top prospects. Not not turn out so and, and many pitchers who weren't top prospects go on to big things. So I, I think you know it's always an important reminder: don't take prospect rankings seriously at all for Pete's sake. Uh, beyond that, you know, yeah, like you said, uh, Casey, he didn't turn out. Uh, I know he had uh, you know he had the, the 
the arm issues uh, earlier in his career, and maybe that knocked him off. But uh, you know, it, it, if he can come in, if he can, if he can throw strikes more often than he walks people for an inning, uh, there's a chance. We'll we'll see. You know, the bull, the bullpen is oftentimes a great place for a pitcher like like. Crosby, so we'll, we'll see, but there's absolutely no guarantee either, and, and we'll have to see how awesome this is, because you know Leland, mm-hmm. if you didn't throw strikes, uh, you had a couple of chances, and then Leland would be done with you, and he he wouldn't give a crap. We'll have to see how awesome uh, approaches his bullpen. Yeah, it's uh, at the very least, I think this is a move that's long overdue, and if it works out, well, there's another piece for the bullpen. As, as Dave Dabrowski said last week, everything's going to fall into place, so let's not worry just yet, so all right, sounds like a good time to wrap up the podcast. As uh, as we figured, we went longer than we were planning on because of all the Tigers news today. I have a feeling when we do this tomorrow, it'll be more about uh, what else is going on in Major League Baseball. Because I, I have a pretty good feeling that the Tigers are done, at least for these winter meetings. I'd be surprised if we get another big splash move. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, let's get out of here. So, uh, John, where can they find you online? Where, where, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, it's Uper uh, underscore IA. Ah, one of those guys with the underscores. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was, I, I was one of the first people ever on Twitter, like way, way back, like 2008, yeah. and I never even used it for like three years after that. <laughs> so yeah, I just I had did, this crappy I made title. The same and, I'm with you there. I made the same mistake with the underscores. I finally had to fix that because so, it always screwed people up. But, yeah, f- uh, follow uh, John on uh, on Twitter and also look for him on Bless You Boys. He has a lot of stuff there, the high-value stuff. Thank you. For, and, and thanks for calling in, John. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. No, no problem. Uh, hook slide, where can they find you online? Uh, Uper underscore IA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can be found it's at Hook Slide. There, boy. there you go. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. Hook slide, BYB. That's and Kurt, how about you? I have to check. Oh, BYB Kurt. Indeed. And of course, at Bless You Boys as well. And you can find me at Big Al BYB on Twitter. And you can find, as I said, every single one of us throwing all kinds of crap at the wall on blessyouboys.com pretty much every day. So, all right, guys, let's wrap up this podcast, a very special podcast with our special guest, John, some Finnish guy. So, <laughs> all right, with that, let's wrap it up. So until uh, this time tomorrow, this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon along with Hook Slide. Try to stay uh, warm and dry. And Kurt mentioned. I agree. (laughs) All right. We'll all be warm and dry on tomorrow's Bless You Boys podcast.